Well, hello, I'm Doug Apple, back with another special interview for you today. Are you getting discouraged by things you're seeing in the country? How about elections and presidential debates? And uh, I don't know if you just heard about what happened in Ohio and their vote up there since we're just rolling off of an election day as we get Mike Sharman on the phone line with us. He's the legal counsel for Share Healthcare. You've been hearing the ads about Share Healthcare on our interviews with Mike. We're going to talk about Share Healthcare in a little bit, but Share Healthcare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry. It helps you with your medical costs. We'll get into those details in a little bit, but it's a Christian ministry and Mike is the legal counsel for them. He's also got, he lives in Virginia. He's got his pulse on what's happening in the country, especially from a Christian biblical perspective. And so we're going to dive into that after your thoughts on the election and things happening there, right there in your home state of Virginia, Mike. And then we want to talk about medical debt, medical credit cards, and what not to do when you're facing huge medical debt like hospital debt or something. We're going to wind our way into that. But since the election is fresh as we record this, uh, Mike Sharman, talk to us a little bit about what you see happening, especially out of Virginia and then to the country at large. And how is a Christian supposed to think about it? Well, thanks, Doug. Um so many people that I'm chat with are feeling just absolutely discouraged by what they see um, of the college campuses supporting Hamas. I mean, how absolutely incredible. You know, uh, college students are supposed to be, you know, talking about having rallies for peace, not pal- rallies in support of people who behead children. Um, and so then they think, well, how can that happen? Then they look at the politics of the area and the politics of that particular university and see that it's, it's not just liberal, it's actually radical, uh, very clear Marxist strategies. And they wonder, well, what can we do to change that? And you think, okay, well, we had an uh, election here, and let's see what we can do in Ohio about uh, protecting the unborn. And that um, referendum lost. And so uh, supposedly now Ohio, depending on how one interprets that referendum, that seems like the clear interpretation is the uh, it's a constitutionally enshrined right now in Ohio that a person can have an abortion the entire pregnancy. So um, that discourages people. They think, well, boy, in, a, in a, just a solid state like Ohio, which is pretty representative of the entire nation, if that can happen, what's going to occur? And then Virginia, where we we really have, if you look at Virginia's map um, in the red-blue things, and you're looking at red-blue counties, et cetera, and how the map is, Virginia is overwhelmingly red. We just have a little uh, clustering of blue up toward northern Virginia, a little clustering of blue down at the beach area, but that's also where the populations are. So we had had are, we have a Republican governor, we had a Republican House, a Democratic uh, Senate, and now it, it's all, we, we still have our governor until next term. He's a, we always have one-term governor in Virginia. But the House went Democrat, and people are feeling very discouraged because, not because it's a Republican-Democrat thing, but because the Democrats that are in, in power want to promote things that are unbiblical. You know, the... Um, transgendering, not letting parents know what's going on at the schools, the um, 
absolute utter uh, abortion rights all the way through uh, the pregnancy. Those, those things that are uh, offensive to God. So people get discouraged and think, well, what can we do? And as I was thinking about it and as I was praying about it, the, the basic came, came back to me of, well, what was Christ's answer? Remember, he was in a, a nation that had an oppressive government that was entirely hedonistic, entirely brutal, uh, and it, it seemed like it would never go away. It was absolutely, totally pervasive. So he told his, his friends and the students that he had, uh, he said, go therefore, this is for those of you who want to look it up, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So that was Jesus' advice to us as a political consultant. Because remember, political, poly, just means people. And so politics is about people. Political are, are, are those things that are about people. And so he was being the political consultant saying, this is how I want you to deal with people and help change their culture, change them individually, change their society. And let's break it down in our terms today. I mean, what was he saying literally? Go. <laughs> so just don't sit around your house and on your couch and complain about it looking at the TV or listening to the radio or reading your newspaper. Get out there. Go. Do something. What is the something you should do? Make disciples. What's a disciple? Disciple just means student. Make learners. Make learners of Christ. Make learners of the biblical worldview based upon the true word of God. Not what some religious idea is or what a particular denomination's idea is, but the entire word of God infused with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And go make disciples, make those students of all nations. And nations, in, in scriptural terms, is not uh, geopolitical entities. It's a people group, a culture, a tribe, a clan. That's what the nations are there. So, uh, you know, if you're white, just don't hang out only with white folks. If you're country club, just don't hang out only with country club folks. If you're black, don't hang out just with black folks. On and on and on. Make disciples of all nations. Be as open to all people as Christ was. Uh, baptizing them, you know, drenching them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't beat them over the head about it. But remember what Christ did. He walked through. He went through all these old different areas. And as he was passing through, he had his presence be what drew people to him. Well, you be the same way. Uh, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And really, we can distill those all things and to you know, love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that's what he told us. Mm -hmm. That's what he said is, is the commandment. Um, and then he says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So don't, don't break out in a great big sweat or anxiety attack about this. Your political consultant, your constant spiritual reviver is right there with you, always, as in always as in he will never leave you. So, yeah, um, I don't like the way things turned out here. And I try in my little small way 
to uh, do those things. I'm on the electoral board here in, in our county, uh, and that's the um, group that is supposed to you know help ensure election integrity, um, and it's bipartisan. Uh, you know, and it's an official. It's a government entity, and so one of our jobs is to go around to each of the precincts uh, throughout the election day, just talking to the election officials, the people who are gathering the the ballots and making sure everything's working right, et cetera, see what we can do to help. And of course, people are campaigning as outside uh, as we go along. So at one of the precincts, one of the larger precincts, there was a very large uh, Democrat presence, no Republican presence. Hmm. And I mean, they had it set up. I mean, it was looking good and and all that. So, um, you know, as I went in first, I complimented them on how good that thing looked. And then uh, the second time I came around, because I went to each of the precincts a couple times, second time I came around, I said, okay, I've got my phone here to take a picture of y'all because you're going to want a picture of this. This looks good. And they said, you're going to take a picture of us? I said, well, sure. You're going to, I'll send it to you. You're going to want to um, send this out to your folks. And they were just, you know, pleasantly surprised because I'm known as a conservative Republican around there. I mean, they knew who I was. Mm-hmm. But they they were pleasantly surprised that I was reaching out that way. Hmm. Well, I sure didn't change their vote, but it might give me an opportunity for conversation. And then, as I mentioned, the electoral board is bipartisan. So the we met the morning after the election. We met the evening of the election, of course, to start looking through the different, you know, making sure the tallies are right, et cetera. And then the morning after, the day after, we did it more in detail to make sure everything matches. And when I first went into the, the room where we meet, I, you know, put my hand out to the uh, Democrat representative and he kind of surprisingly looked up at me and I said, well, congratulations. Said, oh, well, thank you. And again, that's not a big deal. And it didn't take much effort for me other than to be walking in thinking, what would Christ want me to do? Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't change his party affiliation, didn't change his vote, but perhaps it will change the level of conversations that we can have. Mm-hmm. So well, you're talking about grassroots efforts. Yes. You know, I'm just trying to be what Christ had said there of observe all things that I have commanded you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I can't be saying I'm, I'm trying to do things according to biblical values if I'm not living according to a biblical value, Mm -hmm. which is love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Shifting gears now a little bit from this recent election and all of that. That's great information, Mike. Um, I'm looking at a headline news story that came out of Jacksonville, Florida here out of News Channel 4. And the headline says, think twice about paying hospital debt with medical credit card or healthcare provider loans. It says patients who use these products end up worse off. And then it quotes the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And it says the average medical credit card carries a whopping 27% interest rate, much higher than even the typical 16% for a general purpose credit card. So, Mike, why would anybody use one of these uh, medical credit cards or get this special kind of a health loan? Um, why would anybody do that 
and uh, how can they avoid doing that? And how might share healthcare help people both, you know, looking forward in, before they get into this kind of trouble? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the why would somebody do that? Okay, let's say they have uh, insurance. Well, m- most insurance has deductibles, and then they have copays, and then they have things that are excluded. So those deductibles and copays and things that excluded can be extremely expensive, and and many of them, what's excluded is anything that's out of network. So uh, let's say you you had a procedure and you wanted to go to a particular hospital, and you went to it, and it wound up being say a hundred thousand dollars, and it's out of your uh, insurance company's network. Well, that hundred thousand's on you. Uh, or let's say it, it's in your network, but you have a a copay and a deductible, and that winds up being about twenty. 25000 or so, which is very easy to have happened. And uh, the finance department says, you okay, how, how are you going to pay for this? Uh, by cash or check? Well, neither. I can't. I don't have 100000 that I can do cash or check with. And they said, well, that, that's no problem. Just fill out this app. It'll be for a, a medical credit card company we have a, a relationship with. And um, you, they'll, you make payments. You can do interest-only payments, and don't worry about it. So they get paid in full, the hospital does, mm-hmm. and you wind up with a $100,000 credit card debt, which you are only able to pay interest on, that's why you didn't pay off the whole thing, and that's generating an additional cost of $27,000 a year. So you're having a couple thousand just in interest, and so it's not going down, it is only ever going up in, in four years, because you aren't going to be able to pay off this whole thing. In four years, that's doubled. You now have a two hundred eight thousand uh, dollar debt, and and on and on. So that's why the um, headline on this was, you know, think twice, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So the hospitals would do it because it's an easy way for them to get the patient off their books, and an easy way for them to get paid. Mm-hmm. The patient isn't reading the fine line; they're just thinking, oh. Good. I'm not going to get my house foreclosed upon uh, because all I have to do is pay the interest on this. And they don't realize, well, you've now taken on a much larger debt and maybe you will have your house foreclosed upon uh, at some time because you can't make that payment. Um, so what can people do is th- this article, uh, and it's out of a, a Florida um, news channel, I think a News 4 out of Jacksonville, uh, they have a lot of good advice. Now, you know, share healthcare. We we help share people's medically necessary expenses that they incur when they're a member. You know, we can try to help you renegotiate bills that you had before, but that's not really what we do. We share the bills that are incurred with members while they are members. So, the, what can they do to avoid it? Join Share Healthcare. It's $149 for a single, $249 for a couple, $349 for a family of four. But they might um, be stuck already uh, with a bill, and they've been trying to figure out what to do. If, if they are able to have a home equity loan, that's the cheapest interest they can get to get a large amount of money to pay off these medical bills. Mm. And then also that gives you the opportunity of having homestead rights so that, that your house can't be taken from you. Um, if, if credit goes bad. Um, this article also mentions making sure to apply at your hospital for their charitable programs. 
which every hospital has. And it's, you might think, well, we aren't a charity case. We have you know pretty good income. We just don't have 100000 lying around. Right. Well, the, the charity programs that they're talking about are for people up to 400% of the poverty line, which I think would be around 124000 a year for a family of four. So it's, it isn't poverty, but that's what's in the law up to 400. That's what it's supposed to be. So there are different things that you can do uh, without. big thing is tell them, no, I don't want the credit card. Uh, they'll ask for your credit card so they can just bill you. Don't give it. Um, you know, ask immediately, what's your payment program? But again, as you had mentioned, Doug, the best way to deal with this is to avoid those problems. Um, and that's what Share Healthcare is about. We're a 501c3 entity of Christians who want to share one another's medical burdens. You know, our our verse um, for our ministry is Hebrews thirteen sixteen, but to not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And the members are well pleased when they're sharing one another's bills. They, uh, it pleases them knowing that they can do that. It pleases them when they have a, a medical expense, uh, that $100,000 bill, we're able to negotiate it, get it down to what, our negotiations literally would bring that down to about thirty-five, you know, thirty-two, thirty-eight thousand dollars. Um, that pleases them, and then the fact that that amount is shared uh, with the others does too. Uh, it just brings a little smile to your face knowing that. And the the hospital and healthcare provider are, are pleased because they get paid the what they aren't going to negotiate below their profit line. They're still making a profit at that amount. Um, so anyway, that's that's basically how to avoid this 27% credit card charge, um, which like I said, in, in one year it's 27,000 more you've paid on a $100,000 bill. Four years is 108, it's, it, it just doesn't make sense. As I've mentioned before on your show, Einstein was asked what's the greatest power in the universe and he said, um, you know, cumulative interest. Um, it, it just builds up and builds up and builds up. Well, tying the two parts of our discussion together, and that's that word grassroots, like how could we make a difference in the country when it comes to elections and beliefs and philosophies? The good old go ye therefore and make disciples at the grassroots level, loving your neighbor as yourself. And then Share Healthcare is literally doing that, as you said before, in this one tight niche, and that is in the sharing of healthcare expenses, but it's still like at the grassroots level rather than at the giant conglomerate level of Christians banding together through the resources of Share Healthcare. If you want more information, you can go to sharehealthcare.com or you can call them at 1-844-SHARE-HC. One of the big things I got out of that article as we wrap up our time here, Mike, was where, and you mentioned it again, don't feel forced. If you're sitting at the hospital, you're not a member of Share Healthcare, they want you to uh, sign, you know, give them your credit card or sign up for one of these things. The advice from Channel 4 out of Jacksonville is don't feel forced to pay or take action immediately. Just say, please mail me the bill so I can think about it and get my act together and know how to properly pay you rather than feeling forced into it. And you're already at the hospital. It's already tragic. It's already something bad anyway. 
And to try to make a decision when you're all rattled like that, that's you're going to make a bad decision probably. And so um, good advice there from this article. Good advice from Mike Sharman. Uh, Mike, thank you for your time today. Well, thank you, Doug. And for Wave 94, I'm Doug Apple.